1: Do you ever start a new habit only to feel like crap when you fall back in your old routine? Do you think guys like Tim Ferriss or Tony Robbins or David Allen struggle to make new habits? And what's the easiest way to start and keep a meditation practice? Whether it's meditation or beating a sugar addiction, Lift App co-founder Tony Stubblebine is here to discuss what really works when it comes to building positive, long-lasting habits. Welcome to the new man. Today we're talking with Tony Stubblebine. He's the co-creator of the Lyft app. Tony, thanks for being here.
2: Hey, Trip. Good to be here.
1: So we're going to be talking about Lyft. Uh, I've been using Lyft for a while now, um, and I'm digging it. Like I, it's galvanized the practices that I do. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but we're really talking about habits here today, especially like how to create and maintain a habit. What's what? What are some good habits? What actually? You know, help us feel like we're moving the needle forward in our life. Um, and then what's, what are the mechanics of building a good habit? What works and what's the process for doing that based on you guys have some research to share. And uh, and then we could just talk about our own personal uh, experiences. Is that cool with you?
2: Right on. Let's go.
1: All right. Let's do it. So, yeah. Right on. Why? Why do most efforts to build good habits fail? What do you, is there some kind of consistent uh, demons and goblins that keep us from, from stepping in and, and, and getting those good habits off the ground?
2: Well, the number one reason they they fail is because the strategy for achieving them is is nearly entirely dependent on willpower. So you're just like you wake up one day and you say, "I am never going to eat fatty food again," mm-hmm. and then like and then you're just going to like keep repeating to yourself, "Oh, I'm never I'm never going to eat ice cream again. I'm never going to eat ice cream again." Right? Like that, your willpower is not unlimited. And in fact, it's actually like science can demonstrate you deplete it throughout the day. And so there's always going to be a day where you use your willpower on something else and then the ice cream gets served and you eat your ice cream. So it's just impossible to simply will yourself into new habits. You actually have to have a strategy and like almost like if you've ever done sports, if you've ever played a musical instrument, you'll get that this what the strategy is right away. It's simply to practice right? Like you can't develop, if you, if you treat a habit like a skill where you measure your progress against it, you, you set it up so that it's encouraging and self-reinforcing and you do a little bit of research about what, you know, how can I structure this so that I actually will be successful? You that, that's what leads to you creating a habit. You have to do it with a plan. And the reason that most people fail is they just don't have a plan. And I mean, it's just that simple.
1: Well, let's talk about willpower for a second because I can imagine a guy doesn't even know the difference between when he's trying to do something from from a place of willpower versus just that he's got a plan and he's executing and he's he feels supported. I, I think of the positive psychologists. Uh, I think it was Jonathan Haidt that said, uh, you know, we've got the elephant and the rider. And the rider is the guy that's like, okay, today we're going to, you know, we're going to not eat the fatty <laughs> right. food or not eat the ice cream. And in, and but after a while he can he can only beat that elephant so much and and, and yeah. before the elephant just takes over and and uh, so that that rider is that willpower but that elephant is that real power that we've got um, and so what's your best stab how do how do you describe willpower to the guy out there that that maybe isn't sure if he's trying to do something from willpower or from that more disciplined natural state the
2: thing the thing to know is like your willpower just it disappears right so like. You're, you're that rider on the elephant he take he just takes a nap every now and then and the elephant never takes a nap mm. and so you just you have to know whenever the rider is awake that's your time to use him to to work at a higher level to actually do, make the plan right so when the rider is awake that's when you can throw out ice cream from your fridge right mm-hmm. but when it and if you don't do it at that moment, then he's, the rider's going to take a nap, and your elephant's going to take you over to the fridge, and you'll be like, oh, look, free ice cream. <laughs> right? And so, uh, which, you know, always happens. And I know in my house, like, I'm famous for if there's ice cream in the fridge, it's just like I just keep walking past the fridge over and over again, thinking, oh, just a bite of ice cream. That sounds appropriate right now at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Sure. Um, And so, you know, when my rider is awake, when I'm thinking, well, wait a second, like, I care about my health. I care about my energy levels even more than I care about my weight is like the, you know, the sugary food is what makes me tired that, um, when I am thinking rationally about it, that's when I say, well, we're just not going to have ice cream in the house. Right. Because I don't want, I, I don't want to get to the fridge that's full of ice cream and be like, and have my rider be asleep and be, like, or, like, be, like, barely awake and go, please, Tony, please, don't eat the ice cream, right? That's not going to work, but I do have these moments of strength, you know, and everyone does every day where they can uh, structure their life so that it's not a battle of their willpower. I mean, that, a lot of what habit designers do or behavior designers is they they actually try and work around it, so Sometimes if you have a bad habit, it's not about not doing that habit, the, the behavior designer will talk about a replacement habit. So um, a good one for me is uh, instead of saying I won't order dessert, I have a replacement habit of I'll order the cheese plate.
1: Got it. So it's not that you, it's not that you create a vacuum there for something, it's just that you, you put a, a more desirable behavior in there.
2: Yep. Right. Okay. Because for me, like everything I know about my own personal diet is that I have like a straight up sugar addiction and it affects like every aspect of my life from productivity to happiness to health. And so I'm always trying to find replacement habits. What should I be doing instead of uh, having sugar? And you know, like probably one of the top ones is I moved Lyft, the company, out. Uh, from one office to a different office, but because the first office was shared, and it constantly had sugar in the office, like everyone was take everyone and the other half of the office would take an opportunity to bring cupcakes in or like, oh look what I baked last night, brownies. And so, like, I just I don't want to be in that situation. You don't, don't want to wrestle the elephant.
1: You don't want to wrestle the elephant constantly. It's exhausting. Um, and I like that this point of. Willpower only being, you know, it's it's kind of like that short burst of energy when we need to to get away from the, you know, from this or that, or you know, we need just that little thing to get over the hill. It's not a sustainable, uh, all day long, um, source of energy, Uh, and I think that's why guys get so disappointed in themselves. I mean, you got to watch your expectations when it comes to willpower. You can't uh, expect that you would be able to sustain any kind of longevity. With a habit, if it's being run on willpower, if you're stretching yourself like that, you've got to get emotionally enrolled. In other words, you got to get that elephant enrolled in order to get uh, to have the wind at your back, so to speak. Does that make does that resonate for you?
2: Yeah, there's a great, and maybe we'll post this in the comments. But there's a great article in the New York Times a couple of years about what they called decision fatigue, which is basically a, you personally only have so many decisions, like rational upfront decisions you can make in a day. And you know decisions like don't eat the ice cream or you know, I am going to work out today, those are decisions. And it's just it every time you have to make one of them, your you know, you deplete your uh your budget of decisions. And so what what creating habits is about are about creating routines or systems for yourself. What it is is about almost saving your decision budget so that um, so that you have more, you know, basically willpower to do other things that you're you haven't already systematized, and that that's basically why you can't ever rely on willpower because you're always going to find yourself in a situation where you've depleted your your willpower budget, where it's sort of you have decision fatigue, and then your elephant is going to take over. God and. You know, frankly, like let's not get macho about this, because a lot of people think, "Oh, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do it on special." But the research into decision fatigue started actually with um, uh, parole board uh, judges, where they actually they could, when they did a survey of the judges, they found that judges granted more paroles in the morning fewer pearls right before lunch wow. and then that the food like uh, replenished their their willpower or you know their sort of ability to make decisions and then as they sort of as they got hungry again they stopped making because for the judge it's actually a big decision to grant the parole. sure and so like if you come up for a parole at 9 a.m good for you you're gonna get a fair trip uh, hearing. but if you come up for parole at eleven thirty or four thirty, then you know you're in a lot of trouble. And it was like it was massive. It was like a thirty percent difference.
1: Well, I'm glad and, that we're able to serve the listeners out there that are uh, hoping to get on parole. Yeah, I didn't right. expect you, that we were going to talk. This
2: could be about the that. most yeah <laughs> most important thing your listeners hear now. Okay. Um, but, you know, like compare the, the sort of the trivial thing that you're trying to accomplish with these judges that have. Like an an amazingly important task ahead of them, and even they can't really control their willpower. And it's their their, job. Their willpower. That's their freaking job. It's their job. It's probably not your
1: job to start a meditation practice or a gratitude practice or go to the gym, but it is their job to do this. And what you're saying is that, you know, even they can't. Keep that in check. They can't bring that consistency because they're they're getting fatigued by the by the process. Exactly. Oh man. Okay. Good to know. I and I'm just thinking. You know, we usually don't do the binging or the or the boor, the poor behaviors in the morning. It usually happens at the end of the day because we're exhausted and we're depleted. And and now I'm getting like you know for that guy. What's what? What expectations is he placing on himself? And then he's not eating right. He's not exercising, he's not even sleeping right, and then he's just yeah. creating so many distractions and, and uh, diluting his attention yeah. throughout the world, and you're saying that you reel it in, reel it in and have more simplicity, yep. and then you'll have yep. more willpower to do the things you want.
2: Do you think that, that the people you work with have a lot of guilt about, about not being able to control their willpower?
1: I, absolutely. I would say I do too. There's yeah. a part of me that's like, damn, I should be able to do this. I can hear that, that voice very loud and clear for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay. So let me do one more guilt reduction anecdote. Cool. So I'm not going to say exactly who, but three of the investors in Lyft are well-known self-improvement gurus. It's Tim Ferriss, author of The Four Hour Body, Tony Robbins, you know, basically the most famous motivational speaker of all time, and David Allen, author of Getting Things Done. And one of them, I'm trying not to name names, was telling me a story of that, you know, they basically work all day as hard as they can until late in the evening, at which point they can't bring themselves to floss. So here, like one of like the great, you know, the greatest self-improvers of all time, the thing that they're missing is flossing. And it's exactly like you say, at the end of the day, they no longer have the willpower to do it. that's, you make those mistakes later in the day, not earlier in the day. So everyone has some habit that they should have, that they don't have, and they carry around guilt around it that they shouldn't. Because when you're not doing something, all it is all it's indicating is that you put your energy somewhere else.
1: I like it. I like it. Okay, so we just took some of the pressure off there, and, and hey, we're all human, and we all deal with this stuff. And... Um, at the same point, like, yeah, just recognize that there's some things that you can do to stack the odds in your favor if you're wanting mm-hmm. to to turn turn the uh turn the corner here and 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 to stop relying on willpower I think that's that's what I'm really hearing, yes, okay, so, so
2: what what should people rely on
1: what should people... drugs
2: <laughs> sure, right, <laughs> or like I mean uh, we're talking
1: I, to the parolees right, so yeah right, right, <laughs> no,
2: right, it's not I think. This this whole thing, this whole podcast, was set up to sell five hour energy, right? (laughs) Right. I I think people should rely on their own ingenuity, and I think we can, right now, maybe give them a little bit of help. Um, And it probably is better if we think about an actual, like an actual specific habit. What does it mean to pick up that
1: habit? Let's talk about meditation then. That's a big one. That's in yeah. the you know because we're we're partnering with you to create the new man group on the Lyft app, and meditation's one of the one of the one of the cornerstones of that. And I know that you meditate, I meditate. So yeah, let's. I, this is one that we've talked about so much on the podcast. So let's dive in there.
2: Well, so I just I'll start with my personal story on meditation. as I thought, oh, this would be a good habit. People kept telling me that. You know, for a long time, I had never even considered meditation because I thought it was a spiritual practice. But I, which isn't a top goal of mine. But what I, what I kept hearing from people is that it was a productivity practice. That if I meditated, I would be more focused and have better control and of myself and more presence when I'm actually, uh, you know, talking to people, which is a lot of my job, usage. And so, someone gave me. A, you know, someone taught me how to meditate, and this person just said, "Hey, just all I do is count to 10,000. Right? and so I was like, "Okay, let wow. me start there." And so I sat down and I started counting, and my mind was immediately all over the map. And by like a hundred and fifty, I was like, "All right, I'm tired of counting. This is really boring." And I tried it a couple of times, and I like I was always very disappointed in myself because I was not able to have what a calm mind. And I thought, well, maybe meditation is an actually for me. But then it came up again in the um, inside of Lyft. Lyft, as a company, started to do some research into meditation, and specifically for people that are successful meditators, how did they get there? And we found a couple of things. That first of all, everyone who is a successful meditator still considers it a struggle. In fact that struggle of your mind wandering is like, that's the norm. And I didn't get that as a rookie meditator. My expectations were incredibly off at the beginning. And, you know, the more you talk to a meditation coach, and we've probably talked that, you know, a dozen at this point, they always tell you there's no wrong way to meditate. If you sat down for five minutes, no matter what happened, you've meditated. And uh, because it's about developing the
1: practice, but most guys are getting into that place of that, like, oh, I'm doing it wrong if my mind doesn't blank. Like, if it doesn't yeah. blank out of, if I'm still having thoughts and I'm doing it wrong and they're, now we're up against that expectation again, oh, well, like you said, it's not for me. I'm doing it wrong. Can't do it right.
2: Everyone, everyone that we've, like, practically everyone that we found who couldn't develop a meditation practice, the root problem was that they, they were judging themselves, that but exactly like you say, that they, they thought, oh, uh, I'm doing it wrong. And there is just no way to do it wrong. And uh, then the other thing we found is people started with too much time. That, you know, an hour or half an hour of meditation is a lot of meditation. And the people we found who were successful, a lot of them started with two minutes. So... You know, I got started actually with an app called Headspace, which walked me through five-minute blocks, and it worked me all the way up to 20-minute blocks, but then I started to feel like 20 minutes was a, uh, a big struggle, and so now, a lot of times, I use a different app called Calm.com, which has really easy two- and five-minute meditation blocks, and so for me, I just want to be regularly meditating and uh and just to, like, sit down and have someone walk me through a breathing exercise for two minutes, it makes it feel like an easy practice. And I'm so much happier after a meditation if I felt, if I didn't feel like I was fighting myself or judging myself the whole time. Beautiful. So the two, the two things we learned is just, like, like, lower, like, lower the, you know, the sort of the barrier to what you consider successful meditation. And that's basically generalizable to all habits that um, there's a Stanford professor at uh, BJ Fogg who does a ton of psychology research in this space. And, you know, the phrase he uses is tiny habits. You want to start with a tiny habit that grows into your big habit. Like if you think you want to be able to meditate for two hours a day, that's fine. That's a great goal. But we're we're going to to start. Yes, you need to start today with two minutes. Great.
1: So lower your expectations, or lower that that bar that you have for yourself about how good you should do it, whatever that is. And then also just lower the bar to to what's the minimal amount that I can get going, so that I can build some consistency and then grow from there. But when we have those expectations in that that uh, that amount or that quantity too high, we get stymied. We get stuck. We can't maintain it. That's too much for the willpower. We don't have any momentum. So we, yeah. we 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 lose our we lose it.
2: So there's one thing I always try and balance that these these uh, concepts with, which is, you know, first of all, we're Americans and we are we are part of the American culture, which is more is better, right? Like we are like we are this very epically oriented country where we're like always thinking about how can we be great, and so we just talked a lot about how can you do it's smaller rather than bigger. right? And so like, you know, in some ways it's almost offensive to the American mindset. And so the thing I like to balance that out with is on the one hand, you are starting small, but the other, what you're saying is you're going to do this 1000 times over the course of your life, right? You're going to put thousands of hours into this. And that's the epic thing, right? That you you're starting these practices because you want them to be lifelong practices. You want them to have a lifelong impact on you. And that is incredibly ambitious. And what we're just saying is practically how you set up that plan, it starts with a step and it starts with getting momentum. And, once, and, that, and the momentum is the most important thing.
1: The momentum is the, uh, the, momentum's the elephant. You know, once once this guy gets barreling down the path, it's pretty hard to yep. stop the elephant.
2: Exactly. Well, just exactly. You get that elephant down the right path. You know, we're still t- talking about really achieving really big goals. That these tiny habits are the are the first step towards you know becoming the whatever the superhuman epic version of yourself that you imagine. It starts with being able to have momentum in that direction. With being able to. Have consistency, and consistency trumps everything else.
1: I like that. You know that we could we we always come back to consistency versus intensity. Um, and and this is that you know that guy wants to come out. He wants to make a big splash. He wants to have results really soon. He's gonna you know he's basically gonna make up for all the lost time not meditating. He's gonna make up for it in a week. Slow down. Break it down into very, very, very small steps that you know that you can do. You know, you spend more time on the toilet than two minutes. So you know that you can take that time to, to meditate. Exactly. So, so just get it done and then grow it from there. Um, I, I And I always like to associate that that positive feeling of I did it versus shit, I didn't get around to it or I didn't do it well enough. Like what can you do? to where you can build that positive feeling you having a positive association with the practice instead of this like drill sergeant in your ear that's that's judging you and berating you for whatever you didn't do right
2: well the things that we try and do trying to help people set up and this is inside of lift but it works outside of lift too is one measure your progress so that you can see when have you done it more times this week than the week before have you done it more times this month than the month before. Um, what's the total number of times we do this? Like, you know, the I'm kind of a newish swimmer, and like I have, there's two measurements that I'm really proud of. Is one I like over the course of the year I've watched this uh, my own personal time for swimming a thousand yards like just plummet almost I've knocked almost half the time off of that of my personal best. Uh-huh. And then just to see, what's the total number of times that I swam? Because when I first got into a pool, I could barely make it to the other end without, you know, stopping and catching my breath. Right. And now that I can, like, swim reliably, I'm like, wow, I swam more than 100 times last year. Like, Or, I mean, or, and that, like, that I'm enormously proud of. So I set it up so that, you know, with measurement, you, you know, people say you can't change what you don't measure. But that measurement is really about creating some positive reinforcement for yourself
1: i have gotta say my favorite positive reinforcement and it's really um just i didn't i i i I used to not track my uh workouts and meditation and all that kind of stuff i was more like eh, whatever i don't even keep score when i play golf or whatever i'm just i'm i was i thought i was that guy whatever that means and then this year and with the help of the lift app it's much more um easy to do it with Lyft than it was with the system I had before. But I started tracking my um, my meditation and I would get a streak going and I wouldn't want to break the streak. Like even, even on days like, oh, I forgot to meditate and I've already had two drinks. I I would sneak off yeah. and go meditate for 15 minutes and come back and everybody's still having, you know, doing their happy hour thing. And uh, I was like, cool. I didn't, I didn't break my streak. Now that could be a little neurotic for some, but that was a, that was a point of satisfaction for me of keeping the streak going um, right. I, does that are you finding that that's helping others too?
2: That that is huge, and and it it actually it comes from like it's a well known technique from some really prolific people. A lot of people who use Lyft recognize this right away as what they call the Seinfeld method. So the comedian Jerry Seinfeld has this exact system, which is he makes a mark on the calendar every day he writes a joke. Mm-hmm. And that's how he's able to produce so much comedy material and it's not he doesn't measure a lot of people then take it too far and try and overmeasure things he's not saying how many jokes did I write how many jokes made it into my you know stand up routine it's just simply did I get off my ass and write a single joke right and if if it's a day that he's motivated just getting started will turn into a lot of writing um, and if it's a day that he's not motivated, then maybe he just writes that one joke and goes to the beach, right? right. But at least he wasn't sitting on his couch procrastinating, wondering, oh, should I work today or not?" No, every day.
1: Just a little bit every day goes that a long way versus killing ourselves with the intensity.
2: Yeah, and I I like having these aspirational uh, you know heroes in the world of. Uh, consistency. Yeah. Because, you know, some, some macho guy is always going to tell you like, oh, hey, you know, I worked 100 hours last week. What did you work? Right? Well, I don't really, like at the end of the day, I don't, that's not the game I'm trying to win. Right? I'm trying to win. What did I produce? What impact did I have in the world? How happy am I? And, uh, like, it's good to have heroes of other people Figured that out.
1: Excellent. Well, we've been we've been circling Lyft. We've been coming around and around. So, so why should a guy care about Lyft? You've you've mentioned some other apps, but Lyft is special. What? Give us the story behind Lyft.
2: So, Lyft is the second company that I started, and I started it having learned from the first company. You really need to work on something that you're inherently passionate about. And I mean, this is my passion, obviously. How do you become good at something? And, you know, where we started out by saying, you know, at the start of this podcast was, you need to have some sort of plan, some sort of structure for actually achieving your goals. And what Lyft does is it asks you to break your goals into what are the habits, what are the routines that you're going to do regularly. And then it makes it super easy to measure your progress, tells you if you're on a streak, tells you if you're doing better than last month. And then it provides a ton of encouragement, either from your friends or for people who have the exact same goals as you. And I just find it it's awe inspiring to see people who are succeeding who just got there through consistency. And then the thing that's coming more and more and left and what you can get from other people with the same goals from you is information. You know, what 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 do I have to do to get there? And I mean I think in my own life, you know, when I drop my phone times so it used to take me 33 minutes to swim a 1,000 yards. Now it takes me 18 minutes. And the thing that got me, that really made me improve, you know, faster than I had been improving was other people in the community clued me into the swimming technique, which is called total immersion, really big with triathletes. So, I mean, I'm sure eventually I would have found it on my own. But because the community was there, and they were talking about it and saying, like, this do these types of techniques and this type of practice, I started imitating them, started doing the same practice. And then immediately I was like, every swim, I'd knock like a minute or two off of my time. And uh, I mean, basically that's the structure, that's the plan. That's what it means to go after a goal with a plan rather than just your willpower is I was smarter about it. I had extra motivation from the community that could see my progress, which was self-reinforcing
1: this app becomes the wind at your back. um and yeah. and because we can resistance is one thing. like we can be we can just procrastinate because we're lazy or we're we're scared or just resistant in that way. It's like, oh, this is out of my comfort zone. but a lot of times we we hold back and we procrastinate or we don't follow through because we just don't know what to do. We don't have that plan. And so there are a ton. Of habits and different uh, activities and stuff that people are doing on the lift, and you just go select the one that fits for you, and then through there, you it opens up this world of maybe maybe this is the best way or, or that, and, and that you can um, kind of find all these different things that are going to support you along the way, instead of having to do all the heavy lifting on your own and
2: depleting your willpower. Um, and true, you know, we should say it's getting even easier for a really specific reason, which is top coaches are. Building their own communities on top of Lyft right now, where so the coach is actually helping you figure out what is the right habit. And now that you're doing that habit, here are some tips for it. And the reason we should talk about this is because there's a new man community about to launch on Lyft.
1: That's right. Yeah we we've been playing with this. I've been playing with the app. You guys contacted me. Oh, yep. I don't know, almost two months ago I think. And um, and so I, I I've been I I started playing with it and I. I knew that, well, let me just say, I I put in like, I think I started out with like seven or eight different things that I wanted to do. And what I noticed was that as I would open it up, some days I would do some things, others they weren't a daily thing, but I didn't get, I didn't have a positive experience because I would look and I'd see what didn't get done versus what did. That's my own mindset of like, you know, like, oh, uh, well, I I don't know, is this right? Is this wrong? And what I found that works is like, I'm going to break it down to the three things. I know that if I do these three things every day... It just puts me on the right path. It puts me on the right course. So I meditation was the no-brainer, exercise, another no-brainer, and then a gratitude practice. And I, yep. I let go of the other things. I still do some other stuff, but I come back to those three. And when I click those three things off every day, I get this great feeling. It's like, all right, I'm doing it. Like I have this certainty that I'm doing the right things for me. And and that's something that I'd never had before until I exper- you know, started working with the lift app. So uh, I've been pushing it on to my clients, and, and you know we've been in this beta test mode, but now it's ready to go live, and, and I want you guys out there listening to, to pick it up. The best way is to just go to com slash lift, and that's going to take you to uh, the Lift website, and then uh, you'll see the group there, the new man group, and then uh, that's where you can sign up. And And once you just sign up there, once you you log in and, and, and uh, join the group, then you're automatically logged in to... Uh, to start tracking these three um, habits. And you can you can add more as you want. But for me, I love that satisfaction knowing I've knocked all three out. And everything we've talked about in The New Man, you've heard about meditation, you've heard about exercise, heard about gratitude, but it's all also included in The New Manual uh, that you've heard uh, us talk about here on The New Man as well. So um, if, I, if I talk to a guy and he's not feeling strong, if he's not feeling 100%, the first thing I tell him to do is get started on these practices Get this, get this going consistently in his life, and then uh, usually doing these practices breaks him out of whatever fog that he's in. And then let's look at the situation you're in with that, with that clear mind and that outlook. Um, but a lot of times, just a lot of guys feel that they've got so much, uh, they're feeling so much better just by doing these three things. So, and they're free. Lift is free. I, yep. I don't, you know, what else we got to do? It, uh, you just get in there and start doing a little bit each day.
0: Yeah,
2: for sure. And you got, and you have the support of the other people that are listening to the new man podcast that have, that are doing, trying the same things as you. And like, if you have a stump, like if you stumble, like they're going to be there to help pick you up. And, uh, you know, it's like Lyft, every community that starts on Lyft, they always end up so positive. And like, that's what I love is that, that, um, you know, there's, there's so much negativity that you're battling when you're trying to make a, a change for in your life. It's, you know, your own doubt, um, people around you are doubting you. They doubt themselves, right? And so like, Lyft is a place where it's, everyone is trying to do the same thing. Everyone believes they can be a better version of themselves. And, and they're just like, they're there to cheer you on and they're there to help. And so, um, yeah, it's super cool. Like, you know, you, you guys probably, talk about so many great ideas and i love that lift can be a way to help help support putting those ideas into practice
1: absolutely absolutely well tony thank you so much for being on here thank you for creating Lyft. and again guys go out there the new man slash lift and that'll walk you through the process to get things started you'll get started today tony thank you so much
2: brad it was great being on here have a good day everyone
1: there's so much more to the new man than these interviews. So visit the newmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.